Coming up this week on the PlayStation Nation podcast, we've got a special guest here in the house. Jared takes Harvey Birdman to court. And my best friend in the whole wide world, David Jaffe and Scott Campbell, stop by from Eat Sleep Play. Coming up all this week. All right, everybody, episode 44 of the PlayStation Nation podcast brought to you by Men's Pocky. Uh, as usual, Glenn Percival in the house, along with Jared Johnston and a special guest. You've heard of him many a time. You might have even heard me do a Couch Bandits episode with him. Mr. Savory Cade, how's it going? Good. Hi, guys. Howdy ho! So, Hello. 44 episodes. It took you 44 episodes to get me on here. That's because you have such a social life. You never asked. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Maybe if you'd asked. <laughs> Your cosmopolitan lifestyle so, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, we this? can never we can never nail you down. I'm a social butterfly. You are a social butterfly. Fly free butterfly. <laughs> butterfly. Fly, fly. Uh, so what's the show about anyway? <laughs> Alright, boys. Well let's just break into the emails. We got a huge show as uh as our little opening thing mentioned. We have uh, a couple things going on this week, including a interview with Scott Campbell and David Jaffe from Eat Sleep Play. Uh, which we'll get to a little bit later in the show. So um, I believe, Mr. Savory Cade, as our guest, you get the honors of reading the first email of the night. That's right. And don't forget, the guest is always right. Very honorable. <laughs> yeah, we can go with that this week. Yeah. All right. Or email number one. Greetings, beloved PlayStation Nation podcast staff. I'll take the credit for that one this time. <laughs> hey, I'm a big fan of your show. I've downloaded every single episode from 2008. Isn't that like one episode? It's like one or two, yeah, yeah something like that. One. Well, that's. But that's hey, it's a start. It's a start. Yeah. Anyway, I love playing games like Everyday Shooter and Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix, and I love the way 2D sprites look when mastered in high def as opposed to how Disgaea, Disgaea 3 looks like a PS2 game. What's your take on 2D HD gaming in 3D CGI HD era? I hope they don't leave 2D behind. Hopefully developers like Arc System Works, the Guilty Gear guys, and Vanillaware, Odin Sphere, will carry the torch and expound up on the 2D game. Unlike a lot of other 2D ports, which aim merely to be ported and aren't really touched up a la Metal Slug 3 or any virtual console title or those Midway games on PSN, from Tears of Ash. Oh, well, those plucky Midway games on the PSN, huh. like my favorite <laughs> one, Championship Sprint. Oh, championship game of the year! Game of the year! Yeah, that's a classic. Well, well, Savory, I know you had a but, uh, you had quite an opinion on uh, a two D remake that we got a little glimpse at today. That's actually in our news, but that's uh, right. the Commando. remake of Bionic Commando. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I'm a huge two D gaming fan. Like way till way back when. That's why I like the Turbo Graphics was always one of my favorite systems because it had those giant like semi-animated cinemas and stuff and it was a real shame to see 2d gaming kind of die off but you know some of the hd 2d stuff looks good and then some of it doesn't look a hell of a lot better than like a souped up flash game and i'm i'm kind of pointing that comment at some of the not to pick on the xbox but the live arcade stuff where they remake the graphics right like you know some of them look all right but some of them look a little iffy like I don't know what Double Dragon didn't that one redraw? Oh, that looked like, horrible. Russian attack. Oh, 
that yeah. that game looks so bad it makes I mean, the you, original one look better because you appreciate that exactly. what they were able to do back and then. like part of the reason I love 2D gaming is because they were so limited in what they could do with the 16-bit even 32-bit games and even into the arcade era but the, it's limitless with HD so the flaws stick out a lot more so I'm kind of well I mean look at Metal Slug 3 it. on the on the 360 what's that Look at Metal Slug 3 and the 360. I mean, they really, all they did was kind of upconvert it. And well, it really doesn't look that much better. If Plus, you, it's if you play it in any emulator, it's just like right. one of those Super Eagle Kai filters or whatever. Right. So that's hardly an HD. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true with any game. You Like, uh, you could play any game, even from like the PS2 era, and you put it up on an HD screen. Odds are it's probably going to look like crap. I mean, I was playing. Uh, I was playing Devil May Cry 3 before we started today, and, you know, I know it's not 2D, but you get it on that screen with that picture ratio, and you're just going to notice every little thing. And that's a great thing in the new modern era of high-def gaming, but, you know, if you go back and pop in something old, it's really not going to look very good. And that's true with anything. Even, like, I threw in Metal Slug Anthology into my PS3, the PS2 version of it, after uh, 3 came out on Xbox Live, just to see kind of compare it and i mean obviously if you turn smoothing on all it does is kind of blur the 2d graphics and like i'm a big fan of like the pure low res like arcade rgb look and even with the fi- the filter turned off it just it still looks a little fuzzy and not crisp that's why you got to go with a company like arc system works who will do all like actually draw all their games and actually that's not even really an hd resolution because doesn't that only run in 480p yeah i believe so but I mean, it looks a hell of a lot better, right? But you've, right? But you've still got this screen, like you know, depend, like if you bring it in on a screen, like here's the reasons, like some games look better on the PS2 than I'm on this very nice high def picture resolution display compared to like an old school mm-hmm. curved screen, you know, CRT TV. You're just gonna notice more right, because of the better picture clarity. So they have scan lines and and that kind of I don't know. I don't want to say flicker, but right. I mean, the image isn't as sharp, so you're not noticing all the pixels and flaws quite as much. Well, also, it all comes down... It, it, a lot of it comes down to yeah. the fact that some companies are just reusing their code and using these filters you're talking about, whereas others are actually redrawing them, um, a la, apparently, you know, the, the Street Fighter Two HD remix that's coming out eventually. Well, that's um, going to be, I think, the first true, like, HD 2D game. Right. Like drawn especially for that. Yeah, and it that game yeah, looks. Well, I mean, well some if they actually show, show some great features, I'm, 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 of it. I like pretty much everything I've seen. Like some of the musculature and stuff has been a little off in the illustrations, but supposedly they're going back to fix that. And once it's in motion, I don't think you're going to notice it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is true. This I mean, true. Capcom's got some of the best 2D art and arcade games ever made, and if if they pull off Super Street Fighter 2 HD. I'm going to be, like, just begging for them to remake some of their other classic games. I would kill for an HD version of Strider, the original. Or I, I, don't, yeah. I don't even mind a 2.5D version That's of cool. that either if they did it as good as that Bionic Commando remake looks. Yeah, that looks pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got a chance to look at that, and I think what they're no, doing with that is really, really cool. 3D, like, if you look, the detail and, like, the character animation on that when he's swinging... 
you know, it's not just like a straight arm extended and the sprites being rotated back and forth. There's like, it looks like there's weight to the way he's swinging on it. And it looks like they even put in some of like the ragdoll physics and stuff, which you, you could never do that with 2D without, you know, killing an artist by drawing all those frames of animation. <laughs> yeah, the amount of work they would have to put on that back in the uh, back in the good old days would yeah. just have been We only have 16K of memory to work with. Do it anyway. <laughs> Too bad. Yeah. All right. Well, well I think we've talked about we that quite enough. Question. No, they just. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, think I think we so. Did. Uh, Jared, do you want to read the second one here? Absolutely. This is from our good buddy Ian. He says, "Hi, am a new listener. I think your podcast is great. One of the best game podcasts. It's between you and Sarcastic Gamer. Only just got my PS3 in. The... This is all one sentence. Which is why I'm reading it like this. Uh." Only just got my PS3 in November, got it free of AOL, so not got many games yet, had 360 for two years on my second 360, and got a good few games for that. Do you guys do game, do you guys do game nights? If so, when, what platform? I got Call of Duty 4 for 360 plus 3S3, PS3, had 361 first, then seen PS3 over for 25 pounds on sale, so that, on sale, so got that all. So got Warhawk. Have got not have not got a. Oh my god, I can't do this. Have got, <laughs> have not got a clue what I'm doing in that game, but it's a cool. <laughs> but it's cool game. So what are your gamer tags? I'm not sure. I know how to add you on PS3. I got no friends on PS3. Oh, but true. <laughs> wow, you are not. This is actually me. one of our. Wow. This is actually one of our new uh, forums members as well, uh, Mr. Ho. Oh, yeah. Mr. Mr. Lee Ho? Touch me, Mr. Ho. Monkey, shut up up there. Mr. Lee Ho, go, yeah, go but... shut up the monkey. Okay, well, to answer his question, does the PlayStation Nation podcast have a specific game night? The answer is no. How, however, both Glenn and I participate in something called Fremont Fridays, which the Team Fremont guys run over on their website, and it covers all spectrums from 360, PS3, DS, PSP... And it and it changes on the month. So like a game comes out in a month, and everyone gets real high on that game. They make it the Fremont Friday game for that. You know, you know Savory so Kate uh, gets involved with that so, too. What I do? I play as plays right. on Fremont Fridays. That that guy. I play He's in here. It I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. These yeah. Are, uh, and actually, we usually ones have sucked though. I just we usually to link to, to Fremont Fridays on VG Evo as well. So if you just want to keep your eye out there. Um, it's usually on the calendar, and uh, like Jared says, it changes every month. We usually have a handheld game and a uh, console game, um, which I'm forgetting completely what the games are this month. Bomberman Live, Warhawk. I think game Tetris DS. Tetris on the DS, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Tetris DS. I've yeah, yet to too. play that. And I never will. You know, you guys have a big listener base. Don't like Why don't you just start up another night for... Just PS3 gaming. Well, you know, we don't have any official nights, but, I mean, with, with Call of Duty 4 and Warhawk, there's always somebody on from VG Evo. Um, but it still wouldn't hurt. I'd yeah, never have a problem finding Glenn somebody and I playing. Are every, I'd say every night you could find at least one of this playing on yeah. PS3, some online game. Yeah, and we, and we have, you know, gamer tags and PSN uh, names listed out on VG Evo. So if you want, you know, go out there. List yourself in any of the categories. Go out and find some of these people and add them. I mean, we have... He, he says he's from Liverpool. 
we have at least three listeners that I know of right now in Europe that he could add. Um, so it, it's one of those things that that's one of the things that we're trying to get across with with VG Evo is trying to get this community built. I mean, we obviously have listeners from not only only North America, but we have some from Europe. We have some from Australia. We have some from Japan. Um, you're going to be able to find somebody to play with, and uh, it's kind of cool because you know they got. A lot of these guys, they're not on at the same time that we are. So um, it, it really gives you the opportunity to meet some of these people and play online with them. And I've had nothing but but a great experience with our listeners so far on Warhawk and on Call of Duty 4 and on some of these other games. And uh, I think we've attracted some really cool people overall. Like me. <laughs> Watch me! <laughs> well, we, we, we already knew you, oh, but yeah, yeah we, I mean, we've attracted some really cool people. We're... We're constantly building our community. We always want to, you know, talk to you guys, get your input on things. And hey, if you guys want to start uh, PSNP Tuesdays, we'll, we'd probably be game for it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> no, that's Taco Tuesdays. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, okay, Wednesdays. <laughs> Wednesdays? That's margarita night. <laughs> oh. Oh, um, oh, that's a good gaming night. That's a good gaming night. Hey, yeah. actually, we got a third email that just came in. Well, so Glenn, why don't it's you a- read it? Yeah, it's a really short one. This is from uh, one of actually, this is another one of our, our newer forums members. Uh, goes by the name of T-Grave. And he says, hi guys, T-Grave wow. here. This time it's maybe not that much game related, but I just had to ask this. So Jared, where'd those 15 points go? Beat that, Jared. <laughs> what? I think he's talking about how you were saying the, the Cowboys were going to win by at least 15 points on Saturday oh, at the Daryls. yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. sports. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't look. Okay, they lost. I'll get over it. But it's going to take me like two months to talk about football again. Yeah, please I, don't. Boy, that's a shame. Except for the uh, the the half an hour tirade on the shout box tonight. Yeah, me and Nabo were about to kill each other. Yeah, I, I think you're you're actually like Kramer on on the Seinfeld episode where he keeps saying that he's going to not talk, and it's always like and starting now. And then ten minutes later, starting now. Anyway, thank, thank, thank you, Glenn. Yep. Yeah, yeah no problem. You so, um, we only got as, as you guys can all <laughs> tell, Glenn and I are the best of friends. Cause we're best friends. He's a warm-hearted person to love. Adopt him. What did I say Saturday night? I said if Jared was actually my son, I would have smothered him years ago. <laughs> and not with hear, love. I didn't hear that. That's because you had your two Heinekens and you were drunk. When he fell off the stool. I, <laughs> I fell asleep, jackass. Yeah. After you fell off the so, stool or before? I think it was... I, it might have been during. I really don't remember much. Don't worry. We all remember and we all have the pictures to prove it. There's pictures? I, I'm sure there are. I don't know. I forgot to bring my camera. Yeah, me too. Actually, me three. Do your listeners even know what happened last weekend? Actually, I figured we'd talk about that, but uh, I guess we'll talk about it now before we uh, have Jared's review for the week. But um, last weekend, um, our, our buddies at Team Fremont at TeamFremont.com um, had their fifth annual Daryl Awards, which is their kind of the game of the year thing that they do. And uh, we got together in Madison, Wisconsin at the... <laughs> Madison Senior Center. And, uh, you know, we all bring food, big potluck deal. Um, 
I Perlden put together an incredible uh, video this year uh, announcing all the awards. And even Jared was on the video, which was uh, quite fun. It was. And we all just we all just terrible. get together and and play games and hang out. And then um, <clears throat> afterwards, we all went back to the hotel and we actually had the corner suite and we had the rooms next to it. And we were louder than I thought we were going to be allowed to be uh, to be. And <laughs> ended up, I think I went to bed at six in the morning, something like that. Uh, I went to bed and, at five uh, thirty. Fun was had by most. <laughs> And we I actually recorded uh, an after-hours podcast with uh, Hilden and a few other people, which I, 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 just I have no idea if he's ever going to put it up. Yeah, you a phone. I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah, you were pretty drunk. You and Nine Volt both were pretty drunk. <laughs> um, went but, down to the hot tub. What's it? He went. To, he didn't go to bed when we all did. He actually went down to the pool and oh went in the God. hot tub. There was a. Hot, <laughs> oh man, that's that's bad. <laughs> yeah, and, and hot tub never equal good. <laughs> and Jared decided to fly in all the way from Portland uh, to Madison, Wisconsin for like a five-hour event. And he had to walk around with his big Tony Romo jersey on, cocking uh, off to everybody about how great the Dallas Cowboys are and how they were going to win by at least 15 points and Dallas this, Dallas that. And then, of course, when Dallas lost, one person said something on the shout box and right away, Jared, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Well, guess what? You're going to hear it. I, hey, they lost. They, they lost. I will freely so. admit that. But no, I had a great time at that event. It was actually the first time Glenn and I actually met in real life. It is the first uh, time. That was it? that was actually pretty interesting. Like and I'll be I've scarred been, for life. I mean, um, what about me? Yeah, it was. I, I walked in the room, and and he walked in the room, and I'm like, wow, he's big. <laughs> yeah, don't that fuck is, with me. That is a large man. I'm I'm like a freight train. Yeah, and it was also nice, uh, him scaring the shit out of everyone. Go Packers! <laughs> I didn't scare anybody, I just woke him up. Oh, well thanks. The, the Packers it. had just won a big game, so I had to make sure everybody knew about it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it, it, a fun time was had by all, and the after party yeah. was great. And I, we found out that Pain is quite possibly the best game while drunk ever. Oh, yeah. Except for John Lidke, who absolutely despises it. Yeah, yeah he's like, game. this is the this is the dumbest game I've ever seen. Shut <laughs> up. Like, did you play it? No, I'm not gonna fucking play it. <laughs> he, he needs to. He needed to get over himself. Even while drunk, he's a pompous snob. Yeah. Oh boy, man. Uh-oh. Wow. I sense another uh, puppet in the future. Hey, hey. And now I'm gonna get a phone call. <laughs> hey, you deserve it. So, you know, I I figured we were going to talk about this and then talk about what we've been playing. So why don't you just kind of meld that into uh, the whole discussion since we got to play some rock band and uh, Jared got to almost fall on his ass. Roxanne! Played some pain. What else did you play, Jared? Uh, At the Daryls? Actually, it was really cool. For the week. Okay, well, well, I'll start with the Daryls. Definitely the highlight of it was... Getting to play Radiant Silver Gun, which I'd never actually played, and that game is as deep and complex and as amazing as a sh- of a shmup I've ever played. I mean, just all the different mechanics, how they all blended so well. It's just a fantastic game. Uh, I want to play more, yet I don't want to pay one hundred and seventy dollars. But it's just just fantastic from top to bottom. Really great game. Mm-hmm. I, I know how you can justify play- buying that, Jared. What? I know how you can justify buying Radiant Silver Gun. How can just I just buy a sticker? Buy a sticker that says 
special edition or collector's set. Ah, Stick yes. it on the game and buy it that way, and then you can justify <laughs> spending that much money. It comes with a little trinket keychain or something. Or but, a swift um, kick in the ass. Yeah, so I played that. I played a lot of Rock Band at the Daryls. Uh, a good time. That was that was definitely a good time. Uh, Sushi X, Ken, Ken Williams, well, one of the uh, founders of VG Evo, he was one of the finalists, and uh, he said, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. And he points at me and goes, Jared, Jared's my replacement. I'm like, and so uh, for the final round, I sang Roxanne in his place, and and that was that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. I was I was focusing on playing bass, so I really don't know what was going on. <laughs> I was one of the but, judges. Yeah. yeah, you came <laughs> in third. I'm sorry. What? Come on. <laughs> well, Dan sat in my lap, and the other guy had yeah. a flask on his keychain. And he threw his hat like Terry Bogard. Yeah, yeah DJ incompetent. And uh, let's say other than that, a uh, lot of the game we're going to talk about a little. I played a bit of Ninja Guide and Sigma. I'm trying to beat it on a Master Ninja difficulty. Yeah, yeah, that's hard. Are you playing Cleef? That game is, yeah, it's like it's masochistic. I don't see how someone could do it. But, so do you like uh, pinch your nipples when you play it, or? <laughs> yeah, well, if you can beat it, you are a real man, like on Chuck Norris level. If you can actually do it, uh, played a little bit of Devil May Cry three today to get into the mood for Devil May Cry four, which I am just getting more and more stoked for. And uh, played some more Tomb Raider Anniversary, which I'm really enjoying quite a bit. Uh, it, it goes back to old school Tomb Raider, where it's not like Legend was great, but it didn't. It didn't really feel a lot like a Tomb Raider game. It felt a lot more like an action-adventure game. While this game was more along the lines of, like, Prince of Persia, you know, jumping up and down, that kind of thing, solving puzzles, giant wide-open areas. I think it's a really great um, addition to the Tomb Raider franchise. You know, and that franchise was just... After Angel of Darkness, that series was completely dead. I wanted no, in- I had no interest in that series, but Crystal Dynamics has had a- done a great job bringing that franchise back, and uh, they recently announced Tomb Raider Underworld, which I, I cannot wait to play. I th- they they know what they're doing over there, and um, yeah, that's it. Not really a lot. A lot of PSP on the plane. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you playing anything at all? Sure. Why not? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I play. I've been playing. Actually, playing a little bit of Ninja Gaiden as well. I uh, oh. picked it up when it was forty bucks at Best Buy, and I had that ten dollar off coupon for a PS3 game, so I got it for thirty. Nice. Um, yeah, like I never finished it on Xbox, so I'm hoping to finish it this time. We'll see. You enjoying it? Oh yeah, it's awesome. I actually I prefer the PlayStation controller for it, the X the old Xbox style controller. Yeah, I'm not, you mean the I'm one that's the... like the size of a grizzly bear? <laughs> the Duke. Uh, no, well, <laughs> I actually like the Duke because I have fucking like baseball mitts for hands. So when everyone was <laughs> when everyone was bitching about how big that controller was, I'm like, what? I like it. I only wanted to pet the rabbit, George. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard! You guys are too mean. Play. I'm leaving. Okay, see. Ya. All right, see ya. <laughs> oh yeah, well, 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 fine. I will leave. Is he gone yet? No. 
Um, I was playing a little bit Stay. of Blast Factor on P- from PSN. I go back to that every now and then. That's it's actually a good game. It's you know, just... it's not that bad. Um, I got a you know I gave it. This is the first time I've actually given it some time, other than just like playing it for ten minutes and being like, "Hey, this is pretty cool." I'm going back to Super Stardust. Um, but uh, at the <laughs> Friends leaderboard, so most of us are you know like one point one to one point five million, and then all of a sudden it jumps up to the guy on my list, Cyberry, who's right. got like six million. So I don't think anybody's put a whole lot of time into that game. <laughs> You know when I usually play that game is when I've been out drinking all night. I'll come home, eh, play some Blast Factor. <laughs> nice. Well, that advanced research pack and you know the add-ons and everything really changed the dynamics of that game. I mean, it, yeah. it got very different after that add-on. So yeah, that's some cool I, shit. I don't know. It's just when it comes to a ga- to games like Blast Factor and Nucleus, and you know if you're going to be oh, I Nucleus, mean, I look, at, I look, I look at the two-stick shooter genre like I do. World War II at this point. You better have a damn good reason for me wanting to play a two-stick shooter at this point. If it's just another two-stick shooter, I really don't have much interest. That's why yeah, super... Yeah, yep. I can't argue with that either. But but the thing is, Blast Factor is more of a... You, you really have to think about some of the things you do in a lot more. You know, you've got these enemies that you have to flip over by using the wave weapon. Um, you've got... where all, Some of them only come after you if you turn away from Things like that. Where it's more of a thinking man shooter instead of you know, Super Stardust, you want to use the right weapon on the right items, things like that. But um, Blast Factor, you really have to be, pay attention to what you're going after. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I like about it is that there's more strategy involved, or I'm sorry, more strategery involved. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason I would pick it over Super Stardust or Everyday Shooter. Maybe not even right. the original Geometry Wars either, but it's it's not bad. I think it got kind of a bad rap as being, oh, this is PlayStation's excuse for Geometry Wars. Yeah, and then PlayStation actually brought out its excuse for Geometry Wars, and everyone kind of shut up about that. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Comparing Super Stardust HD to Geometry Wars does not do Stardust justice, and I don't agree uh, with it at all. Yeah, I don't either, actually. But people do it. That's that's. It's not a question of if we agree with it. It's people do it. Yeah. Yeah, well. So, so is that other it? than that, I uh, I hacked my PSP Slim and I I've, I've been ripping a bunch of my old PS One games to it, and I've been playing through Dragon Warrior Seven, which is a game oh that's a good one. That is a that's good a, one. That's a fantastic game. I'm sorry I never played it earlier. Yeah, well, one of the better game translations. Like when it first came out, I mean the translation on that was really spot on. Yeah, it's pretty good. But uh, no, it's really funny, really good game. You know, it's a, it's Dragon Warrior. I mean, it doesn't really do a lot to the Dragon Warrior formula, but I think it's well, I think it was none of the series does. But <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of like yeah. But, but yeah, that's about it. A little bit of Street Fighter Alpha Three Max on PSP as well. That's I need it. to get that. I, after I played it at the Daryls, I really need to get a hold of that. Yeah, I'm like I love the Street Fighter games and. I think, I mean, I'd probably prefer to play, like, the Alpha Anthology on PS2 or something, but it's still neat on the go. I mean, the controls are better on the Slim than on the old PSP, but it still kind of sucks to be playing a serious fighting game on a handheld system, but having all those extra right. characters and stuff is pretty cool. Yeah, and then I go by, uh, what was it, Street Fighter Alpha 3 for the Dreamcast, and I thought I was all happy because I got it for such a good price, and then what yeah, I get a, a PM from Sabercade, hey, congratulations for getting the worst version of the game, fucker. 
And like I said, it's only the worst version if you're like super hardcore about it. But I got I got it for ten bucks. Yeah, for ten bucks, like you're not like a tournament player, so I don't think you have anything to worry about. Yeah, I'm not that good at that game. Me either. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, we we played a lot of Rock Band at the uh, Daryl's. I actually played drums for the first time, which was a little interesting. Boy, does that that pedal kill your leg? Holy shit! Um, actually, been playing some more Castlevania. Uh, Draculax Chronicles for uh, nice. PSP. Been playing some Wipeout Pulse for the PSP. Mr. Phil Hames, one of the uh, contributors and listeners of, of Team Fremont, came over for the Daryls as well from England and uh, brought me a copy. And uh, I'll probably be doing a review next week, but uh, so far, wow, this game is just out of this world. Uh, it's unbelievable that it's on the PSP. Um, awesome. Just awesomely so- solid frame rate, great control, great sound, great soundtrack. Um, really deep game. You know, the photo mode's even fun to play with. I just have not tried uh, an internet race yet, so I, I want to try that. I'll definitely pick that up. I passed on the first one since I got my PSP so late. Wipeout yeah. Pure was probably the best seven bucks I ever spent. <laughs> Wipeout Pulse is pretty cool, and actually we are getting a review copy for the U.S. version, so nice. uh, we will be able to play around with that. Now, um, I get that copyright since you already have it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> playing some more Call of Duty 4, of course. Uh, actually got on play Resistance a couple times. Been playing uh, some Unreal Tournament 3, of course, which oh, I, I still need to... <laughs> I forgot. I've been yeah, playing that, too. I, I need, I'm going to do the mods tomorrow. I'm going to get them all loaded on because uh, I also took the 250 gigabyte drive that I bought for my Macintosh that I found out was the wrong interface, and that's why it wasn't working. And I threw it in my PS3, so now I have a 250 gig hard drive in my PS3. Overkill. Um, no way, it's cool because now I'm gonna load all my music <laughs> on it, and That's I'm actually cool. kind of committed to. to I I, I want to test the theory of using this as as this media hub that you know that everybody always glorifies so much. So I've I've kind of committed myself to trying to do that and see like how things work. So it'll be kind yeah, of a fun. Experiment. I started setting up a media server for mine actually, and it works flawlessly so far. Yeah, it, it's done a good job so far. I want to load a lot of stuff on the hard drive and just uh, see how the interoperability works, things like that. So, um, I myself got to play uh, Radiant Silvergun as well at the Daryls, which was a blast. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, I, I I actually got back into Super Stardust HD now uh, because of the Rumble support and everything. Man, is that game weird with Rumble? Oh, how's the uh, online <laughs> co-op? Uh, it does not have online co-op. I was wrong. Uh, the update does not add that. You're, it's you actually going cookie. to be a yeah. You're yeah, no longer, you're no no longer allowed to make fun that. of me about a minecart. Yeah. Uh, we no, we're still able cart. to give you crap about the minecart. Uh huh. No. Well, no. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't say it had online co-op because of uh, some dude at GameStop that was there as holiday help. <laughs> Shut up. No, you said yeah. it had online co-op because the internet's told you. Yeah. No, I think I just assumed it because I had read it all the, at all these places. I, but, I gotta um, say, I'd probably no, rather wrong. trust uh, a GameStop employee than the internet. That's how bad the internet is. No, you're wrong. No, it's just that you don't know how to use the internet. That's why you're never on the forums. Um, I'm, I'm a very busy person. But uh, the things that they added, you know, they added the custom soundtracks, which I played around with it, but I just love the music in that game so much already that it was kind of cool playing the game with Reverend Horton. He playing in the background and I actually had Pin Pantera run in the background one time, which actually worked really well on that game. Um, 
put you know they added rumble support things like that um the online support is going to be an add-on i believe it's going to be like four bucks but i do really want to try that out because you know we'd always seen those trailers of split screen co-op things like yeah. that and remember i brought my ps3 down to your place savory and and mm-hmm. we tried co-op and it was horrible yeah, uh, because it, it does not it split does not the screen up well. we were like where are you where am i where are you yeah yeah it's pretty it didn't it's really work awful. too well um well of, you know warhawk as usual the, the standards uh some grand turismo 5 prologue but uh you know one of my nights was killed because we did this awesome interview with david jaffe and scott campbell and um so you know haven't had a lot of time to game but i uh, watched some blu-rays things like that so and, and but now you know jared has, has a game that he wants to review and unfortunately it's not a psp or ps2 or ps3 game but it is out for those systems, so I guess he's going to try to figure out how they play on those systems. I, I, I have done some research, so uh, I will get to that in a moment. But whoa, whoa, whoa! What? I know. I'm. I shocked. don't believe it. It's true. True. You better not have read it on the internet after your last comment. No, I talked uh, to a GameStop employee. He he told me everything I needed <laughs> to know. Oh, minecart level confirmed. Yes. Uh, well, that's a secret unlockable in this game, but I got to work on that. I got to do a couple extra things. <laughs> But, uh, okay, so anyway, uh, today I'm talking about Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. It's brought up by Capcom and developed by uh, High Voltage, and it's for the PS2, PSP, and Wii. And I'm a sucker, so I got the Wii version. And uh, But in the game, you play as uh, everyone's favorite lawyer, uh, superhero-turned-lawyer Harvey Birdman. It's based on a, a, an Adult Swim show on Cartoon Network. It's a really, really funny show. Uh, where basically they turn one of the lamest superheroes of all time, Birdman, and they make him into a lawyer, and he defends Hanna-Barbera cartoon, basically. Like, um, one episode he defended Scooby and Shaggy when they got caught with possession. Uh, Secret Squirrel was flashing people. And, you know, and, you know, classic characters make their returns, like Peter Potamus and that kind of thing, but. And all your favorite characters from the Adult Swim show are also in this game. So you get Birdman, you get Bird Girl, you get. Uh, Mentok, the Mind Taker. You get Ken uh, S Seven of Seven and Seven, Attorney at Laws. Uh, you get is Breeze. is Black Lightning in it? I don't think so. Actually, I, I played <laughs> through. I don't think Black. Uh, Black. Come on, man, Black Lightning. No, he's, I don't think he's in there. But uh, you know, you, and you've got the devilish duplicator. And the great part about it is all of them are actually voiced by their the original cast, except for. Uh, Ken, uh, Ken Seven, who is played by Stephen Colbert, and I guess uh, Stephen Colbert has uh, decided ah, I'm too big for this game, so he decided not to do it. And he also plays the voice of Reducto in the show. He's not in it. Uh, so he's it's a loss not having Stephen Colbert in it, but the guys they got to replace him are okay. Um, but uh, the, the gameplay itself is have either of you played Phoenix Wright? No. Yeah. It's Phoenix Wright but stupidly easy. Uh, you, you know, you go around, you examine, you know, different locales, you pick up the very obvious items that you need to pick up, and, you know, you talk to people, you go to court, and then you cross-examine that kind of thing, pr- press and present different evidence at the certain times, and you will know when to present them because the game holds your hand throughout the entire, the entire game. It, it just, it's stupidly easy. There will... I think there was one point where I actually had to wonder what I needed to do in a certain situation. So the game 
Harvey Birdman Attorney at Law is not about the actual game to it. It's about basically watching the game and finding out, finding all the nice little in-jokes. If you love Harvey Birdman, you're going to love this game. It's the written by the guys who did the show. It's really, really funny, really sharp. The cases are funny. There's lots of really great nods. Apparently, the guys at High Voltage Software love uh, Street Fighter 3 because there's about 15 different uh, in-jokes about Street Fighter 3 sprawled throughout the game. And you can also find uh, Ken, Ryu, and, uh, and Chun-Li, and Guile. Guile's actually a jury member in one of the cases, which is great. <laughs> Uh, well, High Voltage has a really good pedigree. I mean, those are the guys behind White Men Can't Jump on the Jaguar. So, <laughs> okay, we'll give Only them... you would know that. <laughs> you know what's funny is they were actually working on a 3D joust for the Jaguar called Dactyl Joust. <laughs> and uh, Adam and I got to see a videotape of it. They sent me a videotape to watch years ago. A videotape? And I had to send it back to them. Yeah. See, back before DVDs, Jared, there was this thing called a VCR. Oh, dude. Ferrous oxide are those, tapes are those like that you put in there. It's a linear memory system. It's well before your time. Okay, great. So, anywho, um, so I do have I do have some complaints about this game. Uh, it is very very easy. Like I said, it's also very very short. Uh, I beat the game in about four hours. Uh, there's only five cases. Oh. No. None of the cases will take you more than an hour, and the first case will take you maybe 20 minutes. It serves mostly as a tutorial. Uh, no multiplayer of any kind. Now, the game's available on PS2, PSP, and Wii. Uh, the PS2 and PSP versions are $30, and the Wii version is $40. Why? Because I get to point at the screen! Yeah, that's a real, that's a real good Jesus. reason for charging me 10 bucks more. Um, so yeah, if, for a five hour game. Yeah, for a five-hour game. I I know. Yeah. The things I do for you people. Oh. Uh, it's almost like buying Parappa the Rapper for the PSP that lasts 45 minutes. Yeah, but <laughs> Parappa the Rapper has an undeniable charm. And so does this game. I mean, this game, I mean, like I said, it's very well written. It's very, very funny. I could see myself playing it again just to experience it again. Like, like I would go and watch one of my Harvey Birdman DVDs again. So yeah, okay. it's it's short. Stephen Colbert isn't in it. It's really easy. Is it worth forty bucks? No. Uh, there is sixteen by nine widescreen support um, in the Wii version, at least. I don't know if there's that's in the PS2 version or not, but uh, it's an okay little title. It's not worth forty bucks. I honestly, I don't even think it's worth thirty bucks, given the amount of content that's in it. You can go back and like unlock some extra movies. But no, it's just it's not a lot there. But it is funny, and it is entertaining, and as far as licensed games go, it's pretty good. So I will give it that. Okay, then. Yeah, so uh, a slight recommendation, depending on how much you like Harvey Birdman, the TV show. Mm -hmm. But you probably wouldn't recommend it for the Wii and maybe get it for the other systems instead, since they're cheaper. Here's the interesting thing. I I got the Wii version thinking that, oh, it's an adventure game. Uh, I'll just point and click my way through it, and... That actually, it was more interactive, yes it was, than just moving the joystick up and down. But it was also more cumbersome, because I'm, I'm far away from the screen, and I, I guess I shake, I don't know, but uh, sometimes like you would highlight what you want to highlight. It's called the DTs. <laughs> I fucking give up. <sighs> I give up. <laughs> anyway. 
You know, people, I started this podcast with the best of intentions, and they have been squandered by this man across from me. Across from you? Yeah, across the country. <laughs> Ding! <laughs> I'll pick up his slack. Um, I need, yeah, as you always do. I knew you'd be there for me. But, um, yeah, it's, it actually worsened the game, because, like, say, there's, like, two items close by, and you want to click one item. Maybe your hand twitches just a little bit to the left, and you highlight that one, and you actually press the wrong thing, and you actually lose a uh, amount of your, uh, what are they, like, these little, these little seals represent your health in the game. Basically, you get five seals per case, just like you do in uh, Phoenix Wright. And if you lose one, you um, it, it just goes. It, if you lose one, if you like present the wrong thing, or you realize, or you say something wrong, that kind of thing. So, and that can actually impede gameplay, and it actually takes longer to have to line up your line up your shot, basically, and pick what you're going to pick. So, plus that, a ten dollar extra, you know, fee for admittance, and no, that's actually total bullshit. And if you're going to get this game, you should probably get the PS2 version anyway. All right. Alright, so that's all I gotta say about Herbie Birdman, Attorney at Law. So, um, last week, you know, at the end of the show, I I, I sold a bill of goods, and uh, I think we really came through in spades. And uh, that bill of goods was a uh, an interview with uh, Scott Campbell and David Jaffe from Eat Sleep, Eat, Sleep, Play. Uh, they've got a new game coming out for the PS2 on February 5th. And that is a port of the PSP version of Twisted Metal Head-On. Uh, but along those lines, it's also got a lot more in the game, and you're getting it for basically 20 bucks. Um, found out a few more snippets, maybe a couple of little hints about their upcoming PS3 game that they're working on. They're in the design phase. And also, I mean, just having both of these guys on the show, especially Scott Campbell, who you'll even hear David Jaffe say, doesn't really do a lot of press. Uh, it was it was. Just a lot of fun having these guys on, and um, we're going to go into that interview now, so uh, have a listen. Well, with us again is a very special guest, uh, along with another special guest uh, from Eat, Sleep, Play. We've got David Jaffe and Scott Campbell, so how's it going today, guys? It's good. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thanks for uh, taking time great. out of all your design meetings to, to talk to us today. Absolutely. Happy to do it. I can't so, believe he came back. Yeah, I, I can't believe he came back either. It was a good experience. I enjoyed it, and uh, you know, it's, I, I dig I dig the podcast. So I'm I'm glad to be back home with Scott this time. Is All Scott right. even there? I haven't heard him yet. I'm here. Hey, Scott's, uh, Scott's the silent partner, I suppose. Yeah, strong silent type. Right. right. <laughs> Wait, well, do, not, do not be afraid. This? We don't we don't bite. Odd. <laughs> yeah. So, Scott, do you have any other retort for Mr. Camo than what you said on the video blog entry? I'm not even sure what I said. Was that the one yesterday? That was the one yesterday. That was the one where you were teabagging him with your teabag. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no, um, I think Scott actually said something like, well, that was really well written. Well, actually, what he said was he had a bag of tea, and he's like, you he showing him his teabag. Oh, that's right. Just made a cup of tea, and I had... It was a very large tea bag <laughs> so uh, we were admiring how we were admiring the tea bag prior to the the recording and uh, it just kind of flowed right into the recording but no as far as the the feedback from that guy 
I mean, it was obviously he spent a lot of time <laughs> uh, <laughs> preparing it, and it's like whatever. You know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. So right. Hey, uh, David, well, because uh, of you, uh, I actually found before it got yanked from every site and uh, posted for everybody, including Jared here. Uh, the, oh God! The craziness that is Tom Cruise and his Scientology video. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> if I'm hey, going to start 2008 with that a, video, I'm going to be happy. I'm not a Tom Cruise hater. I've always liked his movies. I think the neat thing about Tom Cruise is, like, usually when he's in a movie, it's a guarantee you're going to see at least a decent film. So I, I got no issues with the man. But that video. We were, me and Kellen and Scott were here at the offices yesterday watching that, and it's just like, look, I don't even care that he's, that's his business. I don't care that he's into Scientology and stuff, but I was just watching it. It's like, dude, if you thought the couch jumping was bad for your career, this fucking thing coming out, you're, you're, you're done, my friend. I mean, you're just <laughs> were, done. Were you able to decipher any of that? I mean, I, I was just looking at that, like, he's telling me how I look at a car wreck differently than he's looking at a car wreck, and he wants the world to be a better place so he can go on vacation and oh. well, and they're you know claiming that Scientologists are the leaders at ridding or, or, or helping people get rid of their drug dependencies. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, that, they just have a different dependency now, and that is the cult. Exactly. No, no, no. They they've got no, they've got those little. Oh, if got if those I little, may, though, I have to say this: it's like I was talking to Scott about this today. I'm an agnostic. I've been an agnostic since I was seven years old. And I would be, you know, dishonest if I sat there and mocked Scientology, but said all the other religions that are out there. I mean, they're, they're, you know, Bill Maher was on, uh, uh, who was a Conan the other night, and what did he say? And I, I thought this was pretty smart. He said, you know, he was basically like, look, you can't put a suit on six days a week and be rational and then you know, on the seventh day, go into a building and, and claim that you're eating the body and drinking the blood of a 2,000-year-old space god. Oh, indeed. And, and so it's like, and I'm not saying I agree or disagree with that, but it's like all the religions sound a little kooky to me, and I'm not saying they're bad, but I think, I think a lot of people are kind of hypocritical to stand up and mock some of the craziness that Tom Cruise is saying, and then with the very next day, they go and they pray to their god or whatever, and, you know, to an outsider, that stuff sounds just as kooky. Yeah. Well, the thing about what Tom was saying, though, was uh, yeah, it, what it was just made no saying? sense. You, that was the problem. He was yeah. just rambling and rambling and rambling. So, and yeah, look, I'm not defending Tom Cruise or Scientology, but it's like, what? It's it's okay for Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is a nut for saying that they're better at helping people with psychology, but there are some religions that can say, if you're not our religion, we're better at going to heaven because if you're not our religion, you're going to hell. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of like we're the right ones, we're the best ones. Scientology doesn't have a lock on that. Exactly. Yeah, so it's uh, all crazy. Thank you for bringing that up. On uh, I think it was either on the, I'm sure it was on the blog, but wow, I, I just that was amazing. I, I actually went searching for it and it kept getting yanked everywhere, and I finally found it. And wow, that was awesome. I think I've, it was nuts. Huh? I think I've watched it at least four times at this point. I mean, <laughs> oh, I'm man. just I'm stupefied by it. Well, maybe you are. You, they're, they're recruiting you if you watched it four yeah, times. Watch it now. You might want to go out to uh, what is it, clambake.com or whatever. Yeah, no, they they zap me with those little electrical things to get all the little uh, ghost guys off me or whatever it is. So anyway, let's let's get down to business. 
Um, we're out of time. Talk to you later. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to like lose you guys when we're rambling on about this stuff. Um, I mean, of course, one of the things that we really wanted to talk to you about today was, of course, Twisted Metal for the PS2, Twisted Metal head on. Uh, you know, we've got the blog post from you yesterday, David. Um, I know one of the questions that was asked that I didn't really see an answer for, but I think I know the answer. Uh, is there any online play on that game? There is no online play in the uh, in the PS2 port. No. Okay. That was something that I, I kept seeing people kind of saying, well, is there or isn't there, and uh, never saw an answer from anyone. So, um, Actually, it's something we really wanted to put in there, and it was just, I mean, there, there, there were two reasons why we didn't. The first one is just sort of the, uh, you know, the perception of the current health of the PS2 online community, which is not to say there aren't people out there playing SOCOM, there are, but the idea of sort of launching a brand new server and a brand new game for that system it, it didn't really seem to be worth, um, you know, all of the time and effort that would go in. The other thing is we're really excited about the $20 price point. And if we would have put online in there, the amount of extra months we would have had to go into production on, I mean, what would it have been, like four or five months to get that mm-hmm. working? Um, I think a lot of people underestimate, including myself, because when I came in originally, I was saying, Scott, let's put online in. And Scott kind of goes through the whole list of what has to happen to get that up and running. And it's it's a huge kettle of fish that would have totally pushed us well beyond the $20 price point, and, and we felt that that price point was a lot more important to this game and getting it out there to people than the online. So it sounds like Scott's the actual brains of the operation? Absolutely. <laughs> well, if I'm not mistaken, you've never actually, uh, David, you've ac- never actually done a game with online play, have you? Uh, how about well, calling all cars? cars? Oh, right, right. Thank, right. Thanks for doing the research. That's really good. <laughs> hey, like I was telling him before we PSP. came on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm bringing my, I'm bringing my A game here. So you know, I'm just trying to get it through. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Wow. Um, well, that's one thing. I mean, how how did you actually get to do pretty much everything you wanted to in the game? Besides that, though, I know that the last time we had you on, David, um, you were talking about all the extras and how you wanted to really make this something for the fans to really relish and be able to learn about some of the older games. And like you said in the blog post, why Twisted Metal 3 and 4 kind of sucked. Um, did you really, are you happy with how it came out? I am. I'm really, really proud of it. I mean, from top to bottom, from the, the sort of uh, paint, new paint of coat that head-on has. I mean, Scott went in. The way we kind of divided it, Scott, because he directed head-on on the PSP, he, he kind of stayed with head-on. And, I mean, what did you do? You did a lot of tweaking to the game, didn't you? Yeah, we, uh, it, it's running now at 60 frames, so everything nice. got retuned, you know, to take advantage of that card dynamics. And then uh, we refined graphics, you know, take advantage of uh, PS2, you know, more memory capacity, that kind of stuff. And then as the lost levels were getting, you know, created and tuned and balanced, a lot of that refinement went into head-on as well, but we wanted to keep the plays, you know, so that they, it's a different play experience when you play them all. I mean, it's still Twisted Metal, but you play both of them and you get a, a different experience, which I, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, from, from, from sort of the, the retuning and re-graphicking of head-on all the way down to just, you know, uh, the, the downloadable soundtrack, I, I'm real proud of the package. I think it's a... It's really cool to see our logo on the front and go that, you know, the first title that we have coming out, um, you know, is, is something that 
I, I think is a really meaty product for people who are into twisted metal. So I'm, I'm totally happy with it. I mean, you know, we had about three more levels from Lost that we wanted to do that we just didn't have time to put in there. Um, you know, you know, it's like any game. There are always things you don't get, but right. we got a good 80, 85%. Yeah. There's no. an extra level also uh, that we were able to add into uh, the head-on yeah. roster. Transylvania. Transylvania, yeah. Yeah, I saw a picture of that on the blog post. It uh, looks pretty interesting. And how long did it take you really to do that level, or was it something that you already had the assets for, or did you just build it from scratch? Uh, a lot of it was built from scratch. When we were doing uh, the head-on for PSP launch, um, we wanted to do that title, but we had to abort it pretty early on just because, uh, obviously, of time. Um, but we liked the map, and some of the assets already been created. So, you know, a lot of it was done from ground up. So, you know, it kind of got the benefit of a fresh new look, fresh new eyes, and, and then all the new uh, play enhancement that we put in. Right. Um, when you guys are working together uh, at this at this eat sleep play, um, do you ever get into creative disagreements with each other? Is there like uh, one head bigger than the other head type situations, or do you think you guys work well together? Or is there some conflict there? Or what do you think? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's always there's always conflict. No, I mean, there's not always conflict. There's always periods of conflict in any kind of creative collaboration, and we. We definitely are collaborators on the titles that we do together. Um, but I, I, I think I think Scott and I and jump in if you disagree. But I mean, I, I think we're eighty five percent the same in terms of what we enjoy and what we like to play and what excites us and what inspires us. And certainly, you know, Scott has his own things and I have my own things. And that's where either that's the fifteen percent where we have disagreements and we we kind of work them out. Or that's the stuff where we say, well, that's probably not an easily play title, you know. But the vast majority of it, we're, you know, we're kind of on the same page. Um, you know, we started the company because we both wanted to do pick-up-and-play games. We wanted to do more mechanics-based games. Um, you know, I mean, you know, we do have disagreements, but they're really not all that frequent. I think there's, you know, a lot of it is because, you know, the way Scott, Scott really is the production-minded one, and the way it is is, you know, we do a lot of iteration. And so... There's usually time, even though sometimes it's painful uh, for the development process, there's usually time to iterate and try things. And so I'll have an idea that I think is great, and we'll try it, and it sucks, and we'll go to Scott's idea. You know, <laughs> on Calling All Cards, I remember we, we, I came out here for about three or four days, and, you know, we couldn't get the game to work at all. And granted, there are some people who still argue the game still doesn't work at all. But there are also a lot of people who enjoyed it, including us, and there was a lot of back and forth between Scott and I of just, well, let's try this and let's try this and let's try that. And so a lot of those disagreements get kind of worked out by nature of just iterating. Yeah, right. I think the other benefit is we started working together in 95. So I was new three. What's that? The game came out in 95. We were working together in 93. 93, right. And so we worked together on, you know, the first Twisted and then we, we kind of went our own ways, and then we came back and did black, and then, you know, went away and then came back and did call and all cars. So we've kind of both evolved through the industry. Um, I know I've matured, and hopefully I've gotten wiser and smarter. Uh, I know Dave's, you know. A little bit. Well, we're, he's, <laughs> you know, different than he was, you know, back in 93. And I think we've worked enough throughout that time frame that I think we just kind of, 
I don't know. We, we, we default into what we're, you know, like, like he said, you know, I'll kind of take the production road, you know, if, if we get into kind of a, a debate on something, you know, then Dave's kind of, you know, he takes the, the stronger creative role. And then in most cases, we just kind of, you know, sometimes we meet halfway. Sometimes, you know, the creative path is what we take. Sometimes it's the production path. Um, but I think he and I were talking earlier. We learned a long time ago, as long as our best interests are always focused on the product, usually we'll always get the best result. Um, and, and that's kind of been, a, you know, one of our philosophies of, you know, working and managing uh, debates or arbitrating some of the debates. Yeah, it's never, it's never personal. It's always sort of what's best for the game. Well, plus there's always that fear that uh, whoever loses the argument will have to watch Two Girls, One Cup, so. <laughs> right, that's right. That's- oh, what? Well, you haven't, you haven't looked at his blog lately, have you, Jared? Uh, David Any, actually had his wife watch that and he filmed it. <laughs> oh, you sick <laughs> bastard. Are you for real? That's my idea of foreplay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was disgusting. Anyway, and actually, uh, since you guys mentioned calling all cars, uh, just so you know, we just did our game of the year um, voting and everything else. We actually had our listeners voting on uh, different topics, and one of them was best downloadable game that calling all cars was up for. It took second place. Uh, It couldn't beat the juggernaut that was Super Stardust HD, but uh, quite a few votes for calling all cars. But we'll take second. We'll take yeah. second. We, you know, we, we, we had a good time making it. It was our first entry into that type of... Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was tons of, tons of learning that took place. I mean, there were, there were a lot of incorrect assumptions about that market. And, you know, we, we learned a lot from it. So, you know, we'll just get back on the horse. I mean, you know, failure... I don't even... I mean, it's not failure. I mean, we did well. It wasn't like it was a failure. But in terms of what we're used to in terms of level of success, it was a failure. Yeah, um, we still play we quite a bit. It was it was definitely one of the funnest games that I think we've that's worked the, on. That's the interesting part. We had a great time. Yeah, because it went so fast, and it was just, you know, it was good to create something kind of out of scratch and, and make it fun. Yeah, you, you know? weren't spending two, three years on it. Exactly. There wasn't all this pre-production requirements, uh, cinematics, you know, all, all that right. kind of extra ancillary stuff. It was just... Hardcore focus on the meat of the game. Yep. So, you know, now that you guys have gotten Twisted Metal out, basically out the door, uh, it's gold, yep. correct? I mean, it's pretty much ready to go. I think it's probably being manufactured right now. Yeah, I think okay. we even know what's going to hit the streets. February 5th, yeah. Um, now that that's all done, uh, you know, you guys are working on your next game. I believe you said it's for PS3. Yes. Um, basically, I guess the question I'm trying to get to is, the games that you're going to do uh, for the Sony contract, uh, the three titles, are these that are going to be something that are going to be pitched by Sony? Are they going to be completely from your guys' mind? Is it going to be a collaborative effort? Uh, what's that um, process I mean, like? Right, the way, I, I mean, look, Sony is, is a great company. We're happy to be working with them. Um, but, I mean, I'm assuming one of the reasons they wanted to do a deal with us is because you know, we've always come to the table with a lot of creativity, a lot of ideas, a lot of an eye on the commercial market. And so right now, you know, we're going to Sony and saying, hey, here's four or five ideas. Can we make one of these? And they're picking the one that they want to go with. Um, okay. Obviously, if Sony came to us and said, 
we'd like to discuss with you guys making, you know, uh, you know, a sequel to Lair, of course, would be interesting. Um, <laughs> no, would you really? Would you really? No, I'm kidding. Um, although I thought, anyway, whatever. I thought there's some cool things in there, but I understand. I'm just making a joke, though. But no. Um, but so right now, no, they are ideas that are coming from from Scott and myself and the rest of the team here at Easily Play. But you know. Uh, th- there's nothing in the contract that demands that. We're just look. We're both. You know, it's a partnership. It's collaboration. So we're looking to make the most fun and successful games that we can with the Sony deals. So wherever the ideas come from, uh, as long as they're good and they'll make for good games, we don't care. But so far, uh, they tend to come from Scott and myself. Whether or not we're Sony employees or Easily Play employees, that's how it's always been. Okay. Jared, do you have a okay, question? Okay, so. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, so if uh, let's let's uh, take this an example because uh, this has been going a lot and this has been a big news story lately. Say Twisted Metal uh, comes out and a lot of people like it, but say one media news outlet hates it, just rips it apart. And now at this point, would you guys consider either not advertising or not showing your products to this company? Well, that first of all, I mean that's not our choice. I mean we don't, that that's. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's that. Are you just asking philosophically? Because Sony does all of our advertising. Yeah, f- philosophically. Say you're head of you're head of the company. You're head of publishing. You're everything. What do you do? Well, um, good question. You know, the reality of it is, is I mean, if it, if it was me making the decision, um, and I believed in the game that we were that we had created. The reality is, let's take GameSpot and Kane and Lynch, right? Right. The, the, yeah. the truth, right. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is one guy wrote a review uh, that wasn't the world's most flattering review, although it was relatively consistent with all the other reviews. Um, the reality is, the number of people who go to GameSpot and see the ads for Kane and Lynch, I would imagine, are far and away significantly higher than the number of people who click on the review for Kane and Lynch. And so, you know, I keep advertising there um, because I'm still getting eyeballs looking at my ads. Um, all I do by saying bad, bad GameSpot or bad, bad IGN or whoever it is that I'm upset with about the review is I'm really hurting myself because I'm taking my ad down for people who may not even care about the review. That's my answer. I don't know if that's Scott's answer. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree for the most part. I would probably, I guess it would depend on when I had to make that decision. If it were, you know, out. If I just re- read about it and, you know, there was, there was some negativity and impacted sales, yeah, I think I'd be in a reactive mode if I had to make the decision right during the time frame that that came out. I think after it sits for a while, you know, you kind of come to the conclusion of, well, you know, that's the name of the game. And uh, <clears throat> hopefully I'd, I'd like to think that we take the high road and say, yeah, we continue to advertise, but use it as fuel to, you know, well, I mean, you, you kind of had something like that already, David, with uh, a couple of the reviews with Calling All Cars. I know you reacted to that on your blog. Um, we had one problem. That was the thing. I had one problem with the Calling All Cars review. We got a lower score, which I had no problem with. It wasn't, it wasn't the score. It was a poor review, meaning it was badly done right. by GameSpot. Um, there were reviews that gave us lower scores, and I'm like, you know what? These guys have some really good points. It's an accurate review. I get why they gave us a lower score. I didn't go online and bitch about that. I bitched about GameSpot. And here's what I would bitch about with Twisted Metal, for example. 
if they give Twisted Metal uh, head on, you know, for 20 bucks, and they give this to a hardcore gamer who's expecting next-gen graphics and all, it's like it's a level of expectation. It would be the same reason I would get upset with Roger Ebert for saying, you know, uh, Billy Madison is a shitty film. And it's like, you know what, you need, you, you know, if you judge everything by fucking Casablanca, then of course it's a shitty film, but that's not what the intention of the film was. And this is really a philosophical, age-old argument about, you know, reviews, really. Not age-old, that makes it sound really old. But, you know, it, it's been around for a while, this debate, which is, you know, do you review the title, be it a movie or a game or a book or, or whatever, based on the intention behind it, or do you hold it up against the standard of everything that is within that same medium? Which is what and, a lot of reviewers seem to do. And, and you yeah. know what? I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I think it's simply a philosophical difference. Um, for me personally, and I can only use the movies because I'm not personally attached to it like I am games, you know, me and my wife went and saw The Bucket List this weekend, and we were both bawling in the fucking thing, and we loved it, and we thought it was great. And then you go on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's got like a 48% fresh or rotten rating, and all of these reviewers who see movies every single day, two or three movies a day sometimes, who are used to certain, you know, uh, uh, expectations based on some of the best films ever made. And it's like, I don't think when they made the bucket list, that was the intent behind the film. But if you look at the reviews, it would turn a lot of people off from seeing it because it's like, oh, it's got a, a C-plus from Entertainment Weekly. But it was never meant to be held up against There Will Be Blood. You know what I'm saying? And so exactly. I think the same thing applies to games. I think uh, Calling All Cars was meant to be a $9.99 fun, casual game title in the same vein of everything from NBA Jam to Diner Dash. And if you've got a guy reviewing it going, I beat the whole fucking game in 20 minutes, it's like, you know what? You clearly are not bright enough to understand the intent behind this title. And that's why I say the review at GameSpot, I didn't even have a problem with the score. I had a problem with the pros. Right. They clearly just didn't understand the intent behind that game. So that's 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 a problem I have. Okay, well, well a follow up question to that, real quick. Um, you don't have to drop names. No, if you want to drop names, you can. But have either of you ever been involved in a product where maybe a bad review score hit, and the producer was like, well, "Fuck this! I'm never, I'm never going to EGM again." We, I, I think when sometimes when the when it first hits the press and they first read it, yeah, you can hear a re I've heard reactions like that, and I think I've probably had reactions like that. Hmm. Now, all right. I think we're going to lose you guys in a couple minutes here. So um, tell us every single snippet that you can about your new game. <laughs> Throw us a freaking boon here. Um... Well, I can tell you that remember when we said Eat Sleep Play was going to be a studio that made small arcadey downloadable PSN games? Yes. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> 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 we're, I mean, we're not making God of War sized games. What I what, let's put it this way: what I said was we would we would make games between the ultra casual, like calling all cars. And we'd never go beyond the ambition in terms of size of a Twisted Metal Black. So we're on the far end of ambition now. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, this, 
Does it fit into a an existing genre, or are you trying to do something like cross genre? Um, we're trying to build on an existing genre and elevate it and make it better. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us what kind of genre? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we'd have to say too much about it to probably, I think, get uh, Sony upset with us. So. Okay. Well, I didn't know how far I, we could go, so uh, you know, I had the email from uh, or the uh, PM from D, uh, David the other day saying we can go real high level. So I didn't know how. I mean, you can ask go. us, but we're, we, you know, all I can tell you is if you want the answer to what we're making next, play Twisted Metal Head On Extreme Edition. The answer is in that game. Oh, oh, so that's the secret thing you're talking about that's really hard to find. I, I can see the headline on Kotaku right now. David Jaffe announces a game. It is coming soon. Yeah. Oh, you know, coming had, someday. Kotaku has been pretty good. The one that pissed me off, uh, the other day when they did that thing about Jaffe calls for one console, that's yeah. the one that pissed me off. Yeah, that got oh, blown yeah. a little bit out of proportion. I saw that everywhere. Because I, I posted this thing on my blog saying, hey, let's discuss this one console. And it really, I should have said one standard. Um, and I was corrected on that, and I very quickly updated my blog and said, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, and then, you know, again, I, I love that people cover my blog. I'm so grateful for that. I mean, so I can live with them kind of sensationalizing it. That's okay if that's what I have to trade off for them to cover the stuff that we're working on. But that was kind of annoying. You know, what do you do? Who cares? At least they're reading it, right? Exactly. I mean, you're obviously getting, well, I mean, it, it usually goes up on NeoGAF first. And then it just blossoms from there because everything everything's like a a, a morning dew when it when it goes to NeoGaf. Yeah, NeoGaf is awesome. I love NeoGaf. <laughs> I do too. They have been nothing but nice to our show. I uh, you know I hear all these oh the NeoGaf's full of pricks and all this other stuff and and one of I our listeners like- actually started posting about us on there and then I was told that I could start posting our show notes and everything up there and they have been nothing but nice to us. Neogaf is like going into like the best game store in the world and just sitting around and shooting the shit with people who love video games. And you know, sometimes they're they can be kind of pricks, but that's I mean, you know, but that's you know, that's just the nature of you know, as my friend Tom Cruise says, rough and tumble and uh, wild and wooly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I, I got no issues with that. I, I think it's a great site, and uh, I keep wondering when someone's going to like acquire them, like when IGN's going to come in and buy them, because oh, there's that would such kill a consistency it. of hardcore gamers. I mean, I don't know who owns it. Is it one guy? Is it a company? I have no clue, but it's like there's such a – you'd think the advertisers would go nuts, you know, for NeoGAF, because there's such a consistency of – hardcore gamers there that I don't, I mean, I, I don't think there's another site out there that does what they do in terms of that kind of discussion and passion. And, and, you know, I, I, it's, I don't even check the news anymore. I love GameSpot. I, I love IGN. I love all these sites and stuff. I used to go there exclusively. Then I started going there a little bit, but more to Kotaku and Joystick and Destructoid. These right. days, I sort of those, my first stop is NeoGAF. And if that's where I get all my news now, because someone's going to get it from the net, post it there first anyway. Yeah, I, I actually I'm on there quite a bit now, which is kind of weird because, and, it, and it's really because of the show and and me putting posting up there because I usually check to see if I need to respond to anything. But 
it's always nice to see when you post, you know, the very rare times that you post, because then I get to see Kate Beckinsdale, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, any, any parting words, guys? Uh, Scott, do you have anything to say? I mean, you, we really never get to hear from you, so. I'm done talking. Scott gets the last part of this interview. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. No, I, I, I think that, you know, as, as we go down this path and, you know, I'll, I'll be involved in more of these type of discussions and stuff. I, I, to be perfectly honest, I have avoided most of them throughout the years. And, and, uh, you, you know what you really do? Why, why, I, I'm going to jump right in. Why is that? Because you never do the, the press. Um, I, I guess I just assume who gives a shit about what I have to say, uh, you know. Well, we give a shit. But seriously, I mean, that's care. It's like you know, I'm just all I'm doing is I'm doing my job, and you know, I I hide behind that. I use that as the excuse to just keep plowing down, and and uh, you know, I don't think I'm that good on the press. So you know, you tend to stay away from things you're not that good at. Well, you've done um, a great job today. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a whole magnitude of reasons, but uh, I think Dave's been good. He's been a great, you know, to, to partner up with, and so I think you'll definitely see more of, of me because Dave drags me into these things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm I'm really glad that you decided to come on here today. Um, you know, I was going to ask David when I was bugging him about coming on again if if you would come on, and he actually uh, suggested it before I could even get it out of my mouth. So, uh, of course, when he said, "Hey, we should get Scott on there," I said, "Definitely." I was going to ask you that anyway, and I'm really glad you agreed to do this. Well, I appreciate uh, you guys including me. I, we appreciate you taking the time to talk to our little podcast. So, yeah, big no problem. problem. Big problem. When is it going up? Uh, it should be up either Thursday night or Friday morning. And like last time, I'll send you a email or an IM or both with the link to the show. And um, oh yeah, you guys they want they want to, you guys want some copies of the game, right? Yeah, and uh, I think yesterday you said you were maybe going to get a couple signed for us. If we can get the whole, you want the whole, you want the whole team. That would be incredible. Yeah. So we, yeah, we don't have our copies yet because they they're not pressed yet. But when we do, we'll get some copies and send some out to you guys. Sign. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because we actually have a pretty good contest lined up for uh, winning this. We're going to make the people work for them. Can you send uh, just send an address that you want them sent? Actually, I already sent uh, my address to David in an email. So if uh, oh. you can't find it, David, you have me on IM. Definitely let yeah. me know, and I'll bug you. I'm sure. Yeah. So. David will tell everybody that I'm really good at bugging people about stuff. So we'll get them out to you guys. Absolutely. Thank you guys for promoting it. We appreciate it. Hey, I'm I'm a twisted metal fan. So uh, any chance I get to play a new game in that series, I, I'm going to jump at it. Great. Yeah, ditto. Especially for a signed copy. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, well, thank you guys for having us on. We appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, thank you again for coming onto the show, and uh, I will. Definitely get those links out to you. And uh, like I've said before, David, and to Scott now, you guys definitely have a walk-on status on the show. You know, if you if you ever have anything you want to say and uh, I haven't talked to you lately, just send me an email, send me an IM, whatever, and we'll get you on the show. Cool. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. So how do you like that? We're getting a signed copy of Twisted Metal head-on for the PS2 to give away to our listeners. But Cold you're going to have to work for it. Yeah, you're going to have to work for it. And um, 
the way that we're going to do this, and and I will admit, Jerry came up with this idea, and I think it's an awesome idea. I'm great. And that is, um, <laughs> my mom says I'm cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, did I say Neville's that? mom won't throw my PS3. Oh, hey, oh. oh. <laughs> um, how we're going to do this is uh, we're, we're probably going to let people vote on this, but um, we want people to start building a theme for the PS3 having to do with either VG Evo or the PlayStation Nation podcast or both. And we'd like you to submit those. So I will start a thread out on VGEvo.com, and you can throw your screenshots up. If you need somewhere to upload the actual file and you can't find anything on the Internet, shoot me a PM on VGEvo, and I will help you out on getting it uploaded to a file site. Um, but that's the way that you're going to win it. Uh, we'll, we'll get a screenshot up of all the finalists, and we'll probably let everybody vote on, on the best one. Um nice. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think it's That's a great a idea. We, we need idea. a PlayStation Nation theme anyway. So, um, well, this got- is, it sounds like, at least from the interview, it sounds like they're going to get the entire team that worked on this game to sign this copy of Twisted Metal head on. So this is pretty much going to be a, a collector's item, I'd say. And I got to yeah. say, we got the, we probably have the front runner for the contest right here with us because I don't know if any of you have seen the theme, Fremont theme that Mr. Cade here oh, put together. But he, he has done yeah, pretty, badass. pretty amazing work and, uh, I'm sure he'll be yeah. putting an entry into this contest, so you all better watch out. Yeah, I have a slight advantage just because I'm a graphic designer, but <laughs> that never oh, well. made anything. Oh, you never know. Yeah, I know. Um, I actually did make a post on VG Evo with a few tips on creating themes and where to download some of the software. So nice. take a look on there. Yeah, and we also uh, I also put a theme out there, and actually, Mr. Cade's. Uh, Team Fremont themes are out there, uh, but there is a theme in the PlayStation 3 section um, where we're kind of making it a big repository for all the themes that we find. So uh, get out there, take a look, and um, download the ones you like. Uh, We have tested it, and if we put any themes up on my file store for the PS Nation uh, area, they can download directly from the PS3. So we'll try to get something going. Yeah. We have tested that, and it does work. None fail. Woo-hoo. We never fail. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get on to the news, gentlemen. Okay. And uh, I'll go ahead and take this first story. Um, so there has been rumor afoot for a while of Crisis coming to the consoles at some point. Uh, Crisis, for those of you who don't know, is a really fantastic first-person shooter that is PC only currently. So... Uh, Hopefully we'd like to fix that. And Games Radar has come out through, uh, I think it's like PS3 Extreme, that uh, there is indeed a crisis, um, a version of Crisis coming to the consoles, but uh, word around the campfire is it might even be a PS3 exclusive at this point. Now, once again, this is all rumors, so we cannot you know, confirm nor deny this this time, but man, that would be killer, because I would love to play this game all the way through. You know, I'm kind of in a different boat with Crisis because I I don't really have any ambition to play it. Why? I don't know. It it just it I, it looks technically beautiful, but so did Far Cry and Far Cry, I finished, I beat the game, but Far Cry kind of became the this this game where I just wanted to finish it to finish it, kind of like Halo on the PC. Um Far Cry looked great, it sounded great. But there were so many technical limitations in that game, um, just in terms of how the enemy AI wasn't really AI. It would just alert to you even if you were crawling. 
and it would know they would know exactly where you are, things like that. Um, you know, Crisis is by the same team. I mean, the game is just technically gorgeous, but um, I don't I don't know. I just I'm not I don't feel compelled to play the game. I yeah, actually kind of agree with Glenn. <laughs> I've actually played. Uh, I'd say I've put about an hour and a half into Crisis, so yeah, I haven't put a lot of time into it. But my brother has a gaming rig, and he's he's got it powered up on his. Uh, there is a lot more to this game than there was the original Far Cry, and there's a whole lot to the gameplay compared to Far Cry. Far Far Cry. Uh, Far Cry. Far Cry. Yeah, Far Cry. And when you play Far Cry, you play it good. But uh. <laughs> It was it was good, but it wasn't really a great shooter. And then, kind of like two thirds uh, through the game, it kind of changed focus and started to suck really bad. Uh, I there was the a volcano lot... level comes to mind. Yeah, th- there's a lot more to Crisis than there is other uh, other pretty games. Uh, uh, I really... I'm not really comparing it to Far Cry. I'm I mean I've seen enough video of the game mechanics that. One of the things was how you change your powers like on on the fly, kind of. I can't see playing that on a, on a console. I really can't. I mean, on the PC, you can at least have some hotkeys ready for whatever power in your suit you want to switch to. But on a console, you're you're pretty limited by how many different buttons you have on the controller and everything. And it, it just really worries me. So yeah. I don't know. I think it's more of the game mechanic than anything else. All right. Well, uh, so do you let? I, I would say that yes, uh, there is probably a version of Crisis coming to consoles because the games of the game's pathetic sales numbers, and that's because not because of the game, but because of the state of the PC games market, where you've got so many people just freely pirating the games without a care in the world, and that's really what's killing the market right now for PC games, and why so many people are also making console versions of their game, even classic, you know, PC only development houses have been doing that. Uh, the thing that really gets me about it is, is there a console version? Yes, but the rumor is a PS3 exclusive. A, do you think there's any truth to that? B, do you think why would they go that route? Hard drive. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It's not the limit. It's, it's pretty obvious that that's the one thing that they've, because they've kind of hinted at that before. And it's, it's hard drive. It's, it's guaranteed hard drive. Now, I mean, they could, they could bring it out for the 360, but that would probably have to have that, elusive sticker that we all thought we saw on the front of Call of Duty 4 on the 360 for a while, and that sticker would say hard drive required. Hmm. Apparently, but who knows if Microsoft would let them get away with yeah, it. Yeah, Microsoft doesn't really like games that have that sticker on it. So, um, Microsoft doesn't like fun either. <laughs> Microsoft hates fun. And yeah, I said it. I went there. <laughs> yeah, Microsoft hates fun. Yeah. Reminds me, I gotta go out and download that new pinball FX. Oh, I forgot about that. I gotta get that. Yeah, hey. I gotta go get that tonight. Hey, Ooh, pinball. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Hey, pinball effects kicks ass. All right. Okay, well, so some I digital am... pinball games kick ass. Okay, I'm not am... all. That's true. I'm currently in my hand holding a copy of the new Game Informer magazine, and on the cover there is Resistance Two. Resistance Two has finally yeah. been revealed to the public, and holy balls, they've got some ambition. Let me just go and over. The NeoGAF thread has like three hundred thousand views now. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's let's go ahead and go through this. Uh, Sixty-player online battles, eight-player online co-op with two full campaigns: one for the single player where you play as Nathan Hale, and one for the co-op where you play as a group of soldiers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, the pictures I'm looking at right now look great. They do look better than the uh, than the original uh, Resistance from 2006. Um, hell yeah. I mean, what well, is- I mean, let's just go down the list here of from the NeoGAF thread. I mean, every, that's pretty much been the de facto, you know, like update, update, update. Um, unfortunately, I tried to go get this game informer, but my GameStop doesn't have them yet. Um, well, maybe you should be a subscriber. Oh, maybe I will eventually. Na, 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 na. I want I want my free subscription <laughs> like I get with EGM. Yeah, no kidding. I haven't paid <laughs> for it a sucks subscription that bad. in years. Well, <laughs> well, if you do yeah. go to GameStop, you do get a free subscription to Game Informer Magazine if you get this uh, GameSpot Edge card. Yeah. Uh, can we have our money now? All right. Um, the, the narrative stays with Hale the whole time, not Rachel. Hale shot down in Iceland, escapes to the U.S., becomes part of the program called the Sentinels. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It was kind of cool when they talk about, you know, there's there's been some the talk about 60 players online is just too many people. Um, but it looks like they're kind of trying to do like Battlefield 2 did on the PC. And that is they're really trying to make it squad-based so that you get into these squads and you don't have 60 people just running running amok, you know, all over the place. I um, like that. Yeah, that's, well, running amok every now and then is fun, too. Who doesn't like running amok? Um, <clears throat> they want to actually try to have the voice chat at at mobile phone quality. Which, uh, with 60 players online, man, these servers are going to be humongous. Yeah. Um, different unique character classes with three basic templates. So you've got tank with a heavy weaponry, special ops for distance, and a medic. Uh, online matching system, standard difficulty discarded for scale challenges for team skill. And this one is actually one of the more cool things I've seen. Uh, partially randomized geometry, where, which basically means the levels are going to be different with each, with each playthrough. To a certain that extent, actually, yeah. very cool. They have done that That's before, badass. and it's never worked well. Yeah, but if anybody's going to get it to, to work, it's going to be insane. And that's just what I was going to say. They're listing this game as fall 2008. If there was any developer other than Insomniac Games, I would say bullshit 2009. But I believe them. Fall 2008, yeah, absolutely. Too. Now, what they don't reveal the, the anything that, until it's very far into development. Yeah, right. Now, well, these are also the guys that have their own separate website out there for any other developers to go to to get technical uh, help with developing their own games. I mean, these guys have really stepped up to help out any of the other developers out there to get as much out of the PS3 that you can. Yeah, you know, they're just doing some great work, and, you know, they've constantly put out a game a year. And now they've got these two alternating franchises that are among the best that the PlayStation has to offer. But my question is, if this is coming out in fall 2008... What's that mean for um, What's that mean for far, uh, Killzone Two? Mm. You think? Oh, uh, you I mean, they're. I think they're very different games, though. I mean, yeah, they're first-person shooters. They're but, two exclusive um, first-party first-person shooters. You really think they're going to release those within so, like a month of each other? So, are, so are Gears of War that. and uh, Halo Three. Those were released a year after each other, and well, that's fine. But I don't know. I, we haven't even seen much of Killzone Two yet, so I'm. I'm I'm not going to go I'm not that far. Ahead, like, 2 is the... going to hit this year, but they would be foolish to really so so close to each other. Yeah. Even if they are hurting oh, for definitely. exclusives, they're. I mean, I don't want to say they're practically the same game because I know they're not, but they're the same genre and they're similar. Yeah, they're both very dark, mature first-person shooters brought up by Sony first party. And if those exactly. release within like three months from each other, three weeks from each other, you know, you're going to have some conflict there. Let's just say that. Yeah. But, you know, if they need holiday games, they need holiday games. Holiday exactly. games are very important. 
Okay, so although hopefully, hopefully we get Infamous this year, so um, that'd be good. But I, I don't know. I we haven't heard anything we about saw one that. Teaser that on it. That's it. Yeah, we, we saw one trailer. It's so that, cool, that's though. It. Yeah, but still look cool. Yeah, yeah, it did. Okay, so so anyway, um, if you, if you if you want more details or actually all the details that everybody has, go out and grab that at Game Informer. There's also some videos um, from Ted Price out. Uh, on the internet, interwebs now, you know, uh, Kotaku has them up. Also, uh, one of the coolest news news items uh, re- regarding this is that the Full Moon Show is back. Uh, we got a new episode today, and they actually talk a little bit about Resistance 2 in the, in the episode. So uh, get out there, get to iTunes, subscribe to it. Still one of the best uh, gaming podcasts I've ever heard. and um, But they, they talk about it on there as well. I've never listened to it. Oh, that's really good. Oh, great. Now they're really not going to be on our show. I'm only yeah. a guest. They don't care about me. <laughs> they care. But they do care about fun. Okay, so... Well, the next item, we, we talked about quite a bit, uh, but I don't know if, if anybody has any extra they want to talk about. This but, is uh, sweet. I know this is big for <laughs> Mr. Cade, so why don't you talk about this one a little bit? What am I talking about? The Bionic Commando remake. Oh, yeah. Well, we talked about that quite a bit. Yeah, there's a video out already, and uh, shows yeah, out the download gameplay. the video because I actually love the way that they put that together, where it starts with the the NES Bionic Commando, and just kind of morphs into the the new one. Yeah, it just looks great. That was I actually mean, really neat. I mean, it it kind of gave me goosebumps a little bit. Yeah, I like the music. The music brought back a lot of memories. Did you get in the fetal position and start shaking in the corner? No, I was at work, so I had to kind of like hunch myself over the screen so nobody could see. I was watching a video <laughs> online. <laughs> what are you doing to your keyboard? Nothing. Go away. <laughs> I'm working. All right. That's an interesting way to work there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, seriously, watch the video because the the additional stuff they put in, like they made all new bosses or at least improved the bosses, yeah. which is cool. I honestly can't remember what the bosses were like from the original because it's been so damn long since I played it. But according to... There's an interview with the guy in IGN too and that's actually kind of interesting because he was saying they wanted to utilize cool stuff like using the arm to grab armor plates off the boss. You know, stuff that was never done before and make it more of like the classic pattern-based boss where you're, you know, weaving and dodging and shooting it all at the same time. And the co-op is a nice feature but it was very disappointing to read that it's only offline co-op. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I think after the Contra debacle on Xbox Live, a lot of um, a lot of these people are a little afraid to do online co-op. Yeah, I'd rather not have it than have it half-assed. Yeah, it's a very good exactly. point. And hey, you know they could always add it later. That's true. So, <laughs> okay. So, oh wait, wait, one more thing. Sorry, the one of the coolest things was that uh, if you have the downloaded. Bionic Commando remake and the new one with the hot dog arm guy, you can it'll unlock a skin for um, the hot dog arm that looks like Rad Spencer from the classic Bionic Commando. And there's actually a, a concept drawing of it in that the trailer for it. It looks really good. Yeah, towards the end of the trailer, they actually kind of talk about it, but you have to pay attention. And I think you've actually had to have played the first game to understand what the hell they're talking about. Well, that's true. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Okay. So, go ahead. Okay. So uh, I'm sure you guys have all watched those uh, infamous game trailers uh, comparison videos over the last few months, comparing the 360 and PS3 editions of games. 
Well, yeah. some people are starting to call foul on these, uh, as uh, a lot of people have noted. Um, so basically what Game Trailers does is what they claim they do when they release their games, uh, when they release their comparison videos, is they just have straight component, straight component, uh, you know, 720p comparison videos just straight out of the box. They're comparing what it looks like out of the box. But some people are thinking that they should actually have been comparing what they look like when they're actually, you know, calibrated correctly. Maybe both of them are running on HDMI and 1080p and that kind of thing. Uh, I, I think this story has been a little more overblown than people have made it out to be. I don't know. Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, they. I think they, they do have a valid point to a certain extent. I mean, just seeing the two screenshots from Ninja Gaiden Sigma with... All, everything you know out of the box with the settings just set to factory defaults compared to tweaking the stuff that's in the menus it's not like you're you're hacking the system or anything you're using features that are built into the system and you know just seeing those two screenshots there's a noticeable difference and i mean a very noticeable difference yeah so another guy another guy I pointed this out too i i am surprised i mean this didn't get run a while ago but uh I'd say about a month ago, they well, first off, like three mo- two months ago, they released a comparison video with the Assassin's Creed versions, and the PS3 version looked washed out, had like looked like it had over uh, a filter over it of some kind. And then a guy said, "No, this is wrong," and he went and changed a bunch of settings, put it to different defaults, and did his own comparison video, and they were the exact same, if not better, on PS3 because he maximized the settings and the calibrations. So. Do you think that they should be releasing these videos? Maybe not. Re- maybe releasing them with a notice of what they're doing or how they're displaying them, or you know, is this not that big a deal? Or what does this all mean? I think it's well, gotten blown so damn out of proportion. It's not even funny. It's like the whole oh my god, this game dips two frames per second below whatever. And well, I don't know I, if it's the whole two frames per second thing, but I, there's been a couple videos that have been pretty far off. Yeah, look at the orange box. I guess, yeah, but, but the orange box, Jared, you're the one that always their... says how how do you, how horrible the PS3 version is compared to the 360 one. Oh, I've seen not comparison videos of that, but I've seen comparison of it not because of the washed out nature, but because of the shitty frame rate in some areas. I mean, some of those vehicle segments look like they're running at like 15 frames per second. Uh, the load times on Portal and Half Life 2 Episode 2, which are horrendous, you know. So is it right that these companies should be pointing out these differences? Yes, you should be educated as a consumer. However, you know, arguing over which settings these systems are on, I think, is a little redundant. Yeah, I don't know. I think they should just put a disclaimer on there and leave it at that. Like, both systems use component. I mean, like, game trailers came out and said they can't use HDMI because of the anti-piracy measures, and it won't allow them to capture the video. Right, and that's true anyway. So, yeah, and I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I had my Xbox 360 hooked up to my LCD through component, like, the contrast on the colors was actually really, really high, like, too high. And then when right. I plugged it in via HDMI, at first I thought everything got all washed out, but then I realized it was that's how it was supposed to look. It was overly bright, so... It's like a no-win situation, basically. I think just put a disclaimer on there saying we compared it both these ways. Your settings may differ or something like that. Right. Well, and I I think they should do a disclaimer, too. That's kind of where I was getting to. Okay. All right, so, Glenn, what is Play TV DVR? Well, I figure we have enough European listeners that we should have covered this, and uh, 
basically uh, it's a UK exclusive at the moment, and I think it always will be uh, from what they've said. But uh, there's an add-on coming out for the PS3 that allows PS3 owners to do a number of cool things. Uh, basically make it into a TiVo so you can record and view your favorite programs at the same time. Uh, it's a personal video recorder. You can watch live TV, pause, fast forward, or rewind, just like a TiVo. Uh, electronic program guide, mobile TV functionality, which basically means you can uh, actually record a show on your PS3 via this and uh, transfer it to your PSP for uh, watching on the go. Um, and you can use either your your um, your remote that that you have for your PS3 or your six axis to do everything. Um, so it actually finally got a date and a price, and it's coming out March 28th. Uh, for 99 pounds. So it's kind of cool. You can turn your PS3 into a DVR and you can actually transfer the stuff off to your PSP. Pretty cool. It does come here. That'd be nice. I do too, but I don't think it's going to be from the same company. Um, no. They basically no. said that it, everything's over the air because in Europe they actually have this whole network of over-the-air antennas. I remember this came out a couple months ago. We talked about it. Um, I hope we do see something similar. It'd be very fun to play with, yeah. especially with the fact that I have a 250 gig hard drive in there now, but uh, pretty neat. I, I, I really like the, the functionality of being able to take it to the PSP, which I can actually do with my HD TiVo. But, uh, yeah, pretty neat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alright, so uh, we've got uh, This Week in the PlayStation Store for you this week. And uh, let's see how many times I can say this week in one sentence. Uh, this week we've got the <laughs> Turok demo, which is free. Ooh. It's uh, Yeah, well, we'll see. I'm Actually, in the process of downloading uh, it right now. I was one Early of the reports who from our Turok Evolution the day it came out. Oh. I don't give a fuck about Turok anymore. <laughs> Ooh. Early reports on the shout box are uh, don't bother. Yeah. Too bad. Really cool. You know, there should be more dinosaurs in games, like dragons. And you know, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, dragons and dinosaurs and giant lizards that breathe fire kind of thing. Those are awesome. And those could be great if implemented correctly in video games. But I don't think mm-hmm. Turok's going to change our minds. You didn't think that in episode 25? Quit bringing this up, Mr. <laughs> Vossavon. I saw a trailer. I said, this looks cool. Yeah, forget the past. It's the future. Yeah, it's all about the future <laughs> here, Glenn. Episode in 25. In 2008. I want you guys to real. Uh, there's a story behind this. It, I saw a new trailer for the Turok demo. They were saying, Turok demo might come out this week. I was on the shout box, and he went, oh, no, I was, uh, I don't know. It doesn't look that good. And he goes, what are you talking about? It was amazing. And he's like, I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, oh, in episode 25. This is from, like, in episode 25, for those of you who don't know, that's, like, five months ago. So this guy remembered half a sentence I said five months ago. Seriously, dude, what did you eat when you were growing up? <laughs> a lot of paint chips. It shows. All right. So, All right. Uh, other than the Turok You're demo, you to diss your fans like that. I'm not dissing my. What fans. was that? What? No, I'm actually the one. Jared came out and said on the chat box the other day, uh, "Turok, it eh, doesn't look that great." And I said, "Whoa, whoa, wait! You were gushing about it." And he finally, he's, "What do you mean I was gushing about? It? I wasn't gushing about it." And I said, "Yeah, you were." So I went and found it. It was in episode 25, and I gave him the time time code and everything. And I said, "You actually went You said right here, this looks awesome." It's amazing what a trailer can do for something, I'll tell you what. But, like I said, I have an That's open true. mind. I will download the demo. There will be full impressions of the demo. And, who knows, maybe it could kick total ass. I doubt it. Okay. Moving on. 
Uh, we also have a demo for FIFA Street 3. Eh. Soccer. Mm. It's soccer. Footy. Yeah, it's footy. European That's... football. Yeah, there you go. We've got the uh, Mesmerize Trace. It's a PlayStation Eye, quote, game. Yeah, what's that about? I got the other version of Trace. You mean of mem- Um, Not sure. I thought Mesmerize was... I. I know, didn't somebody write us about Mesmerize? And yeah, one yeah. guy oh, wasn't was that going good. On it was a waste of money. Yeah, maybe th- this is a know, new. I, th- I thought this... it was neat. I knew it was a tech demo going in, and if you're drunk, it's kind of fun to sit there and play around with it. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> look at the colors, man. That would be better. Hi. <laughs> you would know. I would. Yeah, you would know. Okay, but um, so we've got Mesmerize Trace. It's a PlayStation I quote game for a dollar ninety nine. We've got another one of these quote games. It's called. Tori Imaki, uh, it's, uh, I, I read a, this, what? <laughs> you sound like, uh, any of those, like, even slightly Hispanic newscasters that speak in okay. perfect English okay. until they say something Hispanic, and then they just break into it. Here, okay, here's the thing, Glenn. Uh, Japanese, his, <laughs> Japanese language history lesson. <laughs> the R sound does not exist in the Japanese language, so whenever it's spelt like, you see an R it, using a Japanese phrase. It's a like a da sound. It's an R, an L, and a D combined into one sound. Yeah. So it's tori yeah. imaki. I don't. I don't. I. I don't care. I. I was just joking with you. Yeah, I'm backing Jared up on this one though. He's Hell right. yeah. That's that's fine, but it just sounded funny. I sound like a Spanish news. It was proper pronunciation for an English guy speaking Japanese. <sighs> well, whatever. Okay. I would have just said tori imaki. Well, you would have been Amos. wrong. Anyway, that game actually looks kind of cool, or screensaver, yeah, or whatever it, the hell it is. It actually kind of does. I, I was looking for a video of it, I haven't found one yet, but, um, they, I mean, they admit right in the description, it's not a game, really, it's just this, yeah. it's like this art project thing, so. What you do is, it might, you, be, inter- you, it might be like playing o- Okami or something. You use, you use your hands with the PlayStation Eye to, uh, guide these birds through a, like, Japanese paint oh, yeah, museum thing. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, it seems kind of, uh, I... There is some video of that on the PSN. There was a PSI, like, compilation video, and they show some of that on there. Does it seem cool? It looked kind of neat. It, uh, it was two bucks. It, it actually reminded me, it, well, it actually reminded me a little bit of how Okami looks to a certain extent, but it was also, like, um, kind of like this origami art mm-hmm. uh, where it was a lot of layered stuff. Huh. And it's, um, it looked, I think it, it, it was looks really like it's worth two bucks to me. I mean, if you go in, yeah, it might be kind of like neat. Tech demo. Yeah, it might be kind of neat. Yeah, I think I might get more out of it than mesmerize. So yeah, we might just have to give it a shot. Who knows? Yeah, yeah who knows? All right. So uh, next mm-hmm. we've got a bla- speaking of blast factor. Because we're the only people to talk <laughs> about blast factor in the last like year. Uh, we've got <laughs> a blast factor bundle, which includes blast factor and the blast factor advanced research expansion pack for twelve ninety nine. We've got. I wonder if that also includes the online pack. Who knows? I, I bet it does. I think it I does. I looked at the blog post about it. I think it's worth it for twelve ninety nine if you've exhausted Everyday Shooter and Super Stardust. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's actually a fun game. Like I said, I've I've gone. Back I wouldn't mind getting some. Times. The is the co op online or is that only offline? I think the co op is only offline, but the multi. Yeah, oh. it, everything's offline. Remember, because oh, you and I thought then. we were going to be able to play it online, and it wasn't. Yeah. Okay, and uh, we've got yeah. the highlight of this week. We've got the MotorStorm Double Track add-on pack. It includes two nice. new yeah, motors. I already installed it. 
it includes two new tracks for Motorstorm, including the mirror versions of those tracks. It's two ninety nine. That is a great price. Eagle's Nest and Diamondback Speedway, and actually, Eagle's Nest is what they were, uh, what Phil Harrison was showing at E three this last year. I remember that. Really, that's when the he track. Was just dominating everybody. Hey, he What's was that? he was for like ten seconds. He was winning for a little bit. He was dominating everybody, and then he just decided to crash and talk. So <laughs> it's it's a very hard thing to do: play a game and talk. I agree. Yeah. Sometimes it's tough to chew gum and walk. So. All right, so uh, other than that, we've got the rock band downloadable content. Uh, these songs are a buck ninety nine each, and there isn't a this week a uh, bundle where you could buy them for five forty nine. We've got a uh, action by the Sweets. We've got last no, just by Sweet, just Sweet. Okay, yeah, it's just Sweet. Okay, just Sweet. Action by Sweet. We've got last trying to Clarksville by the Monkeys. <laughs> well, made famous by the Monkeys. That's yeah, it's a cover. <laughs> Well, this is this is the funny thing. It couldn't even be a ri- an original track by the Monkees. We had to we actually had to get a cover. Are the Monkees that pretentious? Yes. <laughs> well, hey, one pe- of them left. People say they monkey they? around. Well, Mike Nesmith left because like his grandfather or grandmother or something invented whiteout. Oh. So he's just like super rich, loaded. <laughs> oh my! And God. he just didn't need the band anymore. For real, really. For real, for real. That's yeah. Nice. And oh no, wait. This is the highlight of this week. We've got all God. the small things by Blink One Eighty Two. You know, I'll admit it. I bought two of these songs already. One of them better not be Blink One Eighty Two's "All the Small Things." It's it's Blink One Eighty Two. Oh, fuck is wrong with you, dude? What? And I Why? and I got and I got Last Train to Clarksville because come on, man, it's the monkey. I would buy Last Train to Clarksville, but fucking Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, why ain't part they of the problem? Yeah, but it's it's Joe Mackey had a good point. It is actually a good song for this for the game. No, no, right, it's I'll, not. I'll give you that, but you still had to spend extra money to buy it. I know. Well, I won four hundred bucks last night, so I just spent that on it. And you could have split it up between me and Jared. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what, Glenn? <laughs> give me something? No way. <laughs> yeah, I gave you a soul. Yeah, you gave so you me are yours his father? you have no soul. Now I have two. <laughs> I am your father. <laughs> That's not true. That's impossible. You guys would make an awesome sitcom. Da, 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 da. It's Glenn and Jared. Glenn and Jared living in an apartment together. <laughs> wow, that was freaky. Will these two wild and so, crazy uh, guys get together in one apartment, or will they go crazy? Find out this week uh, on NBC. I, w- I want to be the wacky neighbor that gets laid 24 hours a day. Hey, Jared, <laughs> it's your boy. favorite neighbor. Yeah, yeah that's Danger Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Only when he goes to the gay bar. Hey-oh! Right. Okay, so we've got some trailers. One for Pixel Junk Monsters. Uh, one Looks for- cool. One for Simon Filter Combat Ops, which is the uh, PSP only downloadable game that you can only get through the PC uh, uh, PlayStation Store, which I think is stupid. But I would actually, it actually looks like a pretty cool hey, game. Actually, you you glossed over one thing with Pixel Pixel Junk Monsters. Uh, besides the fact that the trailer just looks awesome, and I can't believe I want that game, but I do. Uh, it is confirmed already that it works with remote play on the PSP. Nice. Very cool. 
Very, Wait a very sec. Cool. When I was on the store last week, they had like a PSP section that had the the uh, Ape Escape game and stuff in there. But right. you can't play that on PS3, can you? Yeah, you can. Any PS1 uh, downloadable game you can, can you? get, you can play on PSP. Yeah. And PS4. Okay, I don't know if yeah, they were like well, putting any, everything any, up any, there. Any PS1 game off of the PSN store on the PlayStation 3, you can play on either system. If you buy it off the PC store, I believe it, it's only playable on the PS. Right, but I don't think that Ape Escape was a PS1 game. Oh, there's another Ape Escape? I'm not Ape? sure. Like, yeah, it's like a like three-part RPG or some shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That one kind of... Because I'm just wondering if that's on there. Bit. Can you actually download it through the PS3 to your PSP then and not have to use the PC? No, I don't think that's on the PS3 store. Isn't it? Or maybe there's a trailer I, for it. Maybe I'm just getting confused. Yeah, I think there was a trailer for it, but the game itself is only on the PC store. All right, that that's my minecart. That's my minecart. Damn you! Okay, so uh, we've got right, a moving on. We've got a trailer for Lost Planet. Um, I'm pretty excited for it, actually. Uh, I actually am too. I like that game. I never played the 360 version, and uh, I, I gotta say, I saw this trailer. It looks great. It looks it, it's all in game, so it looks really good. Uh, Some of the screenshots aren't looking as good as the 360 version. Well, those though. screenshots were from like three months ago, and you know, true. I'm or they sure. could be from game trailers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, I'd actually bought the 360 <laughs> version cheap and sold it once the PS3 version got announced. It's actually it's a, what's actually really cool is uh, one of our formsmen are pointing me out to this. That game comes out on March 7th, 40 bucks. Really? Yeah, 40 bucks with all of the downloadable content from both the PC and 360 versions. Including all the enhancements. And it has another extra character, too, I think. Yeah. And it has all the enhancements from the PC version, including the over-the-shoulder Resident Evil 4-style camera control. Nice. Okay. I'll buy it. Yeah, I'm going to get that. Uh, we've got a trailer for Brothers in Arms <laughs> Hell's Highway, which I am really looking forward to. Uh, we've got a trailer for... Yeah, the stuff I saw at E3 looked really good. Yeah. We've got a trailer for Dynasty Warriors 6, and we've got a trailer for Borderlands... Yeah, that's your week in the PlayStation Store. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get to the uh, right. the new releases this week. Uh, on Blu-ray, we've got The Game Plan and uh, <laughs> and Saw 4 Unrated Director's Cut. But any fan of the Saw movies will know right now that do not buy that because right before they release Saw 5, they will release a two-disc special edition of the Saw 4 Unrated Director's Cut. Do we really need that much Saw? I no. Apparently, people do. I was done after the second yeah. one. I love the first one. The second one was crap, and I haven't even watched the third one. Uh, yeah. But it's all it's all worth it. Everything this week, it's all worth it because on the twenty second, on the PlayStation Three, we get Burnout Paradise. Fuck yeah! Yes. Are you surprised by the reviews that are coming out? What reviews? Uh, IGN gave yeah, it like... A, there's reviews out already. Yeah, IGN gave it like an 8.7, and somebody else gave it like an 8.5. It's not getting the 9.5s and like, oh my god, best game ever. IGN was straight 9s. I Well, I think also some of the ones that are in the 8s, I think these are people that are expecting a certain formula, and they, they've really broken away from the burnout formula in a, in a certain respect. People don't like uh, Especially change. losing crash mode. People don't like change. Well, That's a the, fact. you know, the, you, you lost crash mode, and you know it's a very different thing. It's not where mm-hmm. you go around a map or around a globe and you pick the you know the events, things like that. It's this open environment, 
and it's obviously really built around an online experience with all your friends or whoever else. It, it's a very different formula, and you know, I I own I think every single Burnout game except for the DS one. Oh, and I, I love the franchise, and it's one that I play consistently. Um, but just after playing the demo, I I can just see how much fun this game is going to be, oh, yeah. and and how much time I'm going to spend on it. How is Dominator? Um, it, well, Dominator is pretty good. I actually like Dominator quite a bit. Yeah, the crash mode in it's probably... There isn't a crash mode in it. Oh, no, no, that's right. Dominator's the one without the yeah, crash Dominator's mode. Yeah, Dominator's the one that's yeah. just straight racing. Yeah. yeah. But it's the, the chaining of the um, right. or the afterburn or whatever is re- actually kind After of a cool, cool mechanic. After, no, like the, the turbo... Oh, yeah, 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 where you can actually, yeah, yeah. You, like, yeah. chain it together. It's kind of neat. Man, I'm getting all my burnouts confused now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but you can get that game for under 20 bucks. I think it's worth playing. All right. Uh, it's my, at my ho- it's at my house two hours from here. Yeah. Everything is. But the major no, criticisms my I've seen about are. Paradise are that that new showcase motor, I forget what it's called, is no replacement It looks interesting. It it's, sounds it's interesting, not a replacement, but, but it does interest- a replacement. Right. And the other major one is that you can't like stop and restart a race or whatever in the middle of it. You'll stop and then just be driving in the middle of the road you're in, which yeah, that's kind of. I understand I, why they did that, but at the same time, it does seem kind of annoying because if you like fuck up at the beginning of the race, or actually not in the beginning, so if you're in the beginning, you can just turn around and go back to the start. But if you're in the middle and you fuck up really bad and there's no way to catch up, you know, you're in a different part of the city all of a sudden. Right. No, no, I, those are very valid points, and I think those are the two that have actually worried me the most. Um, that Showtime mode, I, I have a feeling it's going to get addictive uh, because it looks like one of those things where, oh, i got to get over to the bus because that's a doubler or you know that kind of thing. But it, I agree with you. I, I don't think it's going to be a good replacement for Crash Mode. I really wish they would have put a Crash Mode into it because... Mm-hmm. Well, well, seriously, that's my favorite part of those well, games. The thing that, Honestly, I, mean, I was what, never the biggest fan of the Crash Mode. That's just me. I just find it weird. Yeah. that I, I understand Criterion is going for the, oh, we, well, we don't do the different, the same game twice, but, I mean, come on. Everybody loves Bullshit. the crash mode. Why do you not put in the crash mode just to be different? I mean, that's a stupid reason yeah, for it not it, being If it there. ain't broke, don't fix it. That's my feeling. Well, no, I, Where else could they go with it? I, I, I don't know. I was who, getting sick of it. Who cares? Like, it, you get to blow up cars and cause millions of dollars worth yeah. of collateral damage. Hell yeah. But I have pain for that now. Very true. Pain is not exactly. to crash mode. <laughs> yeah, let's end the show. How about that? Okay, so uh, yeah. hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, we really hey, thanks appreciate for being on, on, Mark. Yeah, after forty-four fucking episodes. Hey, you're welcome. Anytime you want. Anytime you want to be here, you can be here. Want to come right. on next week? Yeah, sure. Whatever. He's going to be go. on next week. Savory Cade confirmed episode 45. <laughs> we now have a third seat. A third seat has been filled. All right. So, uh, <laughs> if you the seat with the hump. Oh, my God. Can we please end this? Okay. You, you like the hump, don't you, Savory? Wait, what? You huh? like the hump, don't you? Yeah. Jared's you like hump. The hump. <laughs> Oh my. His lovely lady lumps. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Oh Can this my be an outtake? <laughs> hey, these milkshakes bring all the boys to the yard. All right, you understand? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, now we've crossed the line. Yeah.
Okay. My name may be Savory, but I don't go there. Okay, so if you'd like to contact <laughs> us, you can do so by hitting us with an email at ps3podcast at gmail.com, or you could send us an audio file. Make sure to keep it at about two minutes in length, make it an MP3 format. You can also call uh, contact us pretty much anytime you want over at www.bgevo.com. It's a great online community with message boards, lots of neat programs. There's also a chat box, which there will probably be either Glenn and I always in at one point during the hours of the day. Um, Savory's there. Savory likes it. I mean, hey, are you a fan of VGEVO.com, Savory? Of course I am. I'm a mod. Goddamn right you are. All right, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, start posting some threads, people. Stop putting all that stuff in the uh, in the chat box, because I don't see it half the time I am when, very, when I'm actually working. I am very guilty of this. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am guilty of this. I am, too. They're going to be revamping the stuff a little bit sometime in the future, so... I I actually think Ken's doing it right now because it's acting up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, lastly, you could also send us a voicemail uh, through our Skype line, and that voicemail is Glenn. Dude, what? You don't know? You said you memorized it. You said you memorized it. I didn't memorize. No, I said I have to memorize it. Oh God. Okay. Uh, the voicemail is. Uh, you, s- you fail. Shut up. Uh, the voicemail is... Oh, here we go. Uh, it is... Uh, damn it, that didn't do it. Where's your number on this? <laughs> Where's your number? 920... What is it? 920... <laughs> uh, I don't even know. Uh, eh, it's up on the forums. Glenn, your ki- this is your fault. This is nowhere near my fault. You're the one that always wants to do this. Shut up, it's your fault. That's the book, sir. All right. And I'm passing <laughs> the savings over to you. Nerds. Okay, so super nerd. Hey, he he just added me as a friend. Sweet. No, as a contact. There's a difference. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, make sure that you s- start working on those uh, on those PS3 themes. Get them submitted. If you have any questions, get out to the uh, threads on the PS3 section of vgevo.com. If you have any questions about hosting and you can't figure out how to do it on FileCrunch. Send me a PM and I'll we'll get it hosted for you. Um, this is Glenn Percival. This is Jared Johnston. This is Savory Cade. Good night. Good night. Good night. I tried the the subway diet because I'm on the road 35, 40 weeks a year, and there's a subway everywhere. And subway's pretty good, but that Jared guy he went every day for a year. Huh. Were you stalking a girl behind the counter? I. <laughs> I tried it. I went every day for a month. Every day. I went to Subway. After about two weeks, the alarm clock would ring. And I'd go, oh, God. I wonder what I'm going to have for lunch today. Please. I'd be doing this in line. You I'm all right. After a month, I lost weight. I also lost my will to live. (laughs) I burnt out on Subway. I'd still go to Subway. If I was starving in the desert and I saw a Subway, I'd go, wow. Well, let's walk a little further. We can come back if we have to. (laughs) 